Okay. If you look at the third, at the bottom of the first sheet, you have the first pasuk in the parsha of Mishpatim. Ve'ela Mishpatim asher tasim lifnehem. Ve'ela Mishpatim asher tasim lifnehem. In order to learn the parsha Mishpatim, you have to remember the context of the the sequence of the parshiot. You know that the order in the in the book of Shemot is a big problem. Um, and it's dealt with in various ways by the, by the different Nefoshim. But we know that the Pasha of Yitro, the Pasha of Yitro is the Pasha of um, Matan Torah. We call it Matan Torah, which uh, translated means to give the Torah. That the Torah was given by Kodesh Bochul to B'nai Yisrael, even though this is not quite accurate. Because you remember that in the Pasha of Yitro, what was given to B'nai Yisrael is what we call the Aseret HaDibrot. Aseret HaDibrot is certainly not the Torah. I mean, certainly less than, the, than what we call, we call the Torah. Uh, so the parish of Yitro is the parish of uh, Aseret HaDibrot. After Yitro comes Mishpatim, and Mishpatim, at the end of Mishpatim, at the end of Parsha Mishpatim, you have, you have a parish that begins with the Psukim at the top of the page. Vayom HaShem Moshe Eli, 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 Eli HaHara V'Yesham. Right, remember that Pasuk? It's at the end of the Parsha Mishpatim. V'etanal echad luchot ha'evin v'atarav ha'mitzvah she'katavti lo'ratav. V'etanal And I will give you and I will give you, it says, the luchot, the, the, the stone uh, tablets, So what exactly is HaKadosh Baruch giving Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of the Parsha Mishpatim that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give to, that HaKadosh Baruch didn't give to Moshe Rabbeinu in the Parsha of Yitro? Right? There's some kind of dissonance here. So Rashi says, Rashi says, Vayom Hashem al-Moshe, you see the Rashi in Pasuk Yudbet? Vayom Hashem al-Moshe lachar matan Torah. Oh, lachar matan Torah. So what's matan Torah? Where was matan Torah? In last week's parasha. In the parasha of Yitro. So what did Moshe Rabbeinu receive that we know about in the in matan Torah? Aserta Dibrot. Maybe even less than Aserta Dibrot. But Aserta Dibrot. Vayom Hashem al-Moshe she says, So this is a, another story. It's a story of Moshe Rabbeinu going up on Har Sinai, where he's going to stay for 40 days. And what's, he, what's, going, to, what's going to happen there for uh, in the 40 days? It says, That's what the Pesach says, Rashi says that Luchot HaEven Vatarav HaMitzvah Shekatavte Loratav Kol Sheish Meot Ushlosh Yisrei Mitzvot Bechlal Aseret HaDibrot Hei All the 613 mitzvot are included in Aseret HaDibrot and then Rashi adds Rabbi Sa'ad Yepeyresh Ba'azharot Sheyasad Lechol Dibur Vedibur Mitzvot HaTuyot In fact, Rabbi Sa'ad Yegon wrote a book in which he said he divided up all the mitzvot in the Torah into the ten categories. He made the Aseret Debrot categories, and he put all the mitzvot, uh, all the mitzvot in there. So, according to Rashi, 
According to Rashi, I mean, what happened? What happened on the day that we call Matan Torah, the sixth day of Sivan? Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Har Sinai, and he received the assert that they brought in one form or another. Then he came down. And then he went up again. There was a second Sivui, as though HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, though HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, you didn't get the whole thing. Come back up and get the Luchot Evan. You're going to get actually the Ten Commandments inscribed on these stones, right? That's one thing you're going to get. And you're also going to get the Torah and the Mitzvah. The Torah and the Mitzvah. So that if, uh, if I read the, the Psukim according to Rashi, if I read the Psukim according to Rashi, there were two Matan Torahs. There were two events that took place. One was very short. It took place on the sixth day of Sivan. And the second one also began on the sixth day of Sivan. And took how long? Forty days. It took forty days. Those forty days come to an end. When do they come to an end? It was those forty days that Moshe Rabbeinu was at Har Sinai. Then Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai. Right, that Shivas of Atamos. And then Moshe Rabbeinu discovered that the people had built a, an eagle at Zahab. That people had built an eagle at Zahab. And so, so what happened then? Took uh, 40 days to clear that mess up. Right, so what are we up to? Rosh Chodesh Then Moshe Rabbeinu went up at Har Sinai again. And he stayed there for 40 days. And we got to which day? It was no Yom Kippur yet. You're right, you're right. But it was the tenth day, the tenth day of Tishrei. So let's go through this again. Make sure we understand. In the parish of Yitro, on the sixth day of Siva, let's say the sixth day of Siva, it's the sixth day, the seventh day, that doesn't interest us. Right? In other words, they came to Har Sinai on Rosh Chodesh. And then six days later or seven days later, this whole business that we call Matan Torah took place, which was Moshe Rabbeinu going up to Har Sinai, and everybody hearing, all the people hearing the Kodesh Baruch talking to Moshe Rabbeinu and teaching the Aserita Debrot. How many of the Aserita Debrot did Moshe Rabbeinu learn at that time? How many? We don't know. One, two, all... B'nai Israel heard one or two, maybe more, but they heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaching Torah to Moshe Rabbein. That's what they heard. And because, as you know, that's what the Rav Nossam says, that Vayaminu B'Hashem Moshe Avdo, means that in order, Vayaminu B'Hashem, that's great, that's theology. Like you go in the street and you ask something, do you believe in God? Oh, sure. But that's Vayaminu B'Hashem. But Moshe Abdo, Vayaminu Bashem Moshe Abdo, that's to believe in the Torah. That's, in order to believe in the Torah, you have to believe in Moshe Rabbeinu, because eventually, Moshe Rabbeinu ultimately tells you things that you don't know, you know, he heard them himself. <coughs> so you have to believe in Moshe Rabbeinu. Not only that, Rav Nosson says, you have to believe that every generation has a Moshe Rabbeinu. Because after all, what do we do all the time? We keep interpreting things, right? People are shyless. People ask Shiloh, then you give answers. Now the whole idea is that the answers should somehow be in tune with what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do. So it means everybody's giving the answers, like Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's why Yaminu B'Hashem Moshe Avdo, but they used to develop this quality of Yaminu B'Moshe Avdo 
in order to be able to receive the Torah, otherwise there's no point. There's no point to receiving the Torah. Okay, so let's go through it again. In Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Har Sinai, hears the Ten Commandments, and comes down again. At the end of the Parashat Mishpatim, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up again on Har Sinai, and this time he's going to get the Luchos Ha'even, and the Torah and the Mitzvah. And Rashi says, the Luchos Ha'even and the Torah and the Mitzvah are, are all the same. Because the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah somehow fit into the Ten Commandments, and that's what Rav Sagan proved when he wrote his book about the Seret that they brought. That's what happens. So what happens in between? What happens in between Matan Torah number one and Matan Torah number two, which seem to happen on the same day? First Moshe Rabbeinu went up and they heard the Aser Sedibros. Then he came down and he said to Bnei Yisrael, you accept the Torah. Come on, let's go, let's accept the Torah. What did Bnei Yisrael say? What did Bnei Yisrael say? Oh, you have to review all of this. Bnei Yisrael, no, you go. We'll stay here. We'll prepare the coffee. And then Rogalach. And you go and you come down. You'll have coffee to drink. We don't have to go and get the Torah. We have to get the Torah. So HaKadosh Baruch said to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, you go up and get the Torah. And Moshe Rader went up on Hasidah for 40 days and 40 nights. He came down to the Masa Egel that was Shivasa Batamas. 40 days later, Rosh Chodesh Elul, that mess had been cleaned up. And Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Hasidah again for 40 days and 40 nights. and came down on the 10th day of, of Tishrei. In between Matan Torah number one, what we call Matan Torah number one, and Matan Torah number two, is the parish of Mishpatim. Is the whole parish of Mishpatim? What's Mishpatim? What does what the parish of Mishpatim contain? Laws. Laws of the Torah. Laws of the Torah picked in some arbitrary way. We don't know how they were chosen and why these laws are more important than other laws. Or, but they're laws. Laws about the Evid Ivri and the Shifcha Kananit. I mean, those are the kind of laws that we have. And that parsha, that parsha begins with the words, with these words, ve'ela mishpatim asher tasim lifnehem. Right, do you see those words at the bottom of the page? Ve'ela mishpatim. Rashi quotes, Rashi quotes the, um, uh, Rashi quotes the medrash. Right, do you see the medrash at the bottom of ve'ela mishpatim? Or Rashi, I said, look at the Rashi. Kol makom shenemar ele pasalat arishonim. So Rashi said that there's this rule that the Chachamim have um, discerned. And that is that the word Eile, the word Eile is what they call in, uh, in, uh, in grammatical lingo a dectic pronoun. Those. Like so you point at. Eile HaMishpatim. But sometimes the word is written v'ele. Sometimes you have ele, and sometimes v'ele. So is there a difference between ele and v'ele? So the Chachamim discerned that there was a difference. And uh, maybe, maybe you can prove it, and maybe you go through and look at all the cases. I mean, um, I'm more interested in the, in the determination of Chazal, which is quoted by Rashi. So Rashi says this, Wherever in the Torah, wherever in the Torah you meet up with the word Eile, Pasalat Arishonim. It means 
these are important. Right, there's, there's those, and there's these. And when the Torah says Ela, it means these and not those. Forget about what we set up to now. Right? And the Medrash, the Medrash which I have here on the sheet, which you can go through uh, 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 later, uh, indicates all the places in the Torah, many places in the Torah where this is true. But Ve'ele, that's our apostle, Ve'ele Mishpatim, Mosif al Harishonim. Right? Ve'ele means, and these also. And these also. So that the Parsha Mishpatim says not only what's written at the end of Yitro, not only the Torah in Yitro, but here's more Torah. And the shot is, So this is a problem. This is the same problem that we talked about. When B'nai Yisrael learned the Torah, everybody thinks that they learned the Torah from Sinai. Uh, that could be true. But who taught them the Torah from Sinai? Moshe Rabbeinu. The only one who learned the Torah at Sinai was Moshe Rabbeinu. What did B'nai Yisrael learn? We said it already several times. What did B'nai Yisrael learn at Har Sinai? What did B'nai Yisrael learn at Har Sinai? They learned the, the Aseris Adibros, or part of the Aseris, the small part of the Aseris Adibros. You remember, you remember that before Matan Torah, before Matan Torah, there were two mitzvot that B'nai Yisrael as a community were able to learn, and we spoke about this. There were two mitzvot that, that B'nai Yisrael learned before Matan Torah. One was Kiddush HaChodesh in the parish of Bo. Right, Kiddush HaChodesh means sanctification of the new moon. Right, there's a new moon. And the second was, I think you have to agree, the second was Shabbos. Right, when did they learn about Shabbos? When Hashem gave them the man. Right, so part of the story with the man is that you can collect on free. You have to collect on Friday for two days. Even though on other days, if you collect for more than one day, whatever's left over rots and spoils. You could only collect for one day. But on Friday, you could collect for two days. So there were two mitzvot that they learned before Matan Torah because they were important somehow for the national character of Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael ought to receive the Torah. It ought to be a recipient. You have to have certain qualities. And those qualities are embodied in the mitzvahs of Kiddush HaChodesh, on the one hand, and, uh, and uh, Shabbos. Those mitzvot, those mitzvot were always seen to be reflective of the special nature of the Jewish people. Right? You know, the Kiddush HaChodesh, the time of the, the Greeks, in Hanukkah, they didn't want, they tried to prevent the Jews from, from doing Kiddush HaChodesh, even though we don't know why. We don't say what was so offensive about that, that mitzvah. And we also know that Shabbos, uh, you know, Chara'am said that uh, Chara'am, remember Chara'am from Odessa? <laughs> Chara'am, it was like an interesting Jew. It's probably today worth, uh, worth reviewing some of the ideas he had in order to like rediscover some kind of sense of national consciousness that I think um, we're kind of missing. I mean, I don't say things like this in chutzlars, but, uh, <laughs> but for those of us who've taken the plunge and become natives, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not always so clear that uh, the Zionist idea or the Zionist ideal is uh, being maintained here in, uh, in the Holy Land. So, uh, Haram was a person who dealt with that question, like, what are 
What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to be? You know, so Haram said, Yoter Shabbat 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 Yisrael. Right? More than we keep the Shabbos, the Shabbos looks after us. So these two mitzvot, the mitzvah of Kiddush HaKodesh, the mitzvah of Shabbos, Kiddush HaKodesh in the parasha of Bo, and Shabbos in the parasha of B'Shalach, were kind of necessary prerequisites to getting the Torah, because you see, that's how it worked. When says the tribe, HaKodesh Baruch Hu said to B'nai Yisrael, Kiddush HaKodesh, and then HaKodesh Baruch Hu said to B'nai Yisrael, Man, and Shabbos. So, uh, uh, so that's what happened. Uh, but after after uh, uh, Matan Torah number one, right? We've we've divided up, right? There's Matan Torah number one, that's the Pasha of Yitro. Then there's Matan Torah number two, that's the Pasha of Mishpatim. After Pasha of Matan Torah number one, there were mitzvahs. Hakadosh Baruch taught the Israel uh, uh, mitzvahs, and then right after that, to continue, Ve'ela Mishpatim Hashem to sin with the hands. Hakadosh Baruch told the Israel that there's more Torah. There's more. So why did the Kodesh Baruch say this more? Why did the Kodesh Baruch just continue? So Rashi says, that's what Rashi says. In our, in our Rashi. Uh, so that was always a problem. That was always a problem. How do we know? And that's what I'm trying to explain. How do we know that the Torah is Misinai? Meaning that the Torah is from God. <laughs> I don't mean to ask uh, these kind of annoying questions. You know, little children ask these questions all the time. We say, you can't ask a question like that. Which usually means that I don't know the answer. Right? If I don't know the answer, then I don't want my children asking the question. That's like an educational methodology which gives the, the children a lot of confidence and they stop asking their parents questions. They ask other people. They always, always ask the right. Well, if the parents would only, would only say, gee, I don't know the answer to that question, everybody would be happy. It would be like uh, a million seventh heaven, the children, the parents. <laughs> so, so the question of how you know, how do we know that the Torah is Misenai, is an important question. Because we learned the Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu. And it's Moshe Rabbeinu said that it's from Sinai. When it came to the Asterisad Debros, we know that it's Misenai, because we were there. And we saw, I heard, and understood, and felt, and whatever word, verb you want to use, that a Kaddish Baruch was talking to Moshe Rabbeinu. We, we witnessed it. We were like in Moshe Rabbeinu's head. That's a good way of saying it. We knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was a prophet, because we were in his prophecy. So we knew that, but later on, Moshe Abedu taught the Torah to B'nai Israel, right, to Yoshua Binun and the Skenim, and he said, oh, I just came from the Ohel Moed, and I just learned, and I learned some Torah. So I want to tell you the Torah that I just learned, so we believed him. That's what I said, that's what Vayaminu Bashem Uva Moshe Abdo. They had to develop a level of faith in Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them the truth when he said, Sinai. So the first Torah, the first Torah to which this problem is applied or refers is, as Rashi says, Ma'arishonim Sinai Av Elum Sinai. What are the Rishonim? The Rishonim is the Parsha of Yisrael. Whatever is in the Parsha of Yisrael, Av Elum Sinai. The Lava Nismechab Parashat Dinim, the Parashat Mizbeah. So how come the Rashi is a further question? Lava nismicha, right? You know what lava nismicha means? 
When we ask the question, Lama Nisbecha, Nisbecha means leaning on. Like, how come two parashiyot come one after the other? When we ask the question of when two parashiyot come one after the other, well, you have an answer, very good. If you don't have an answer, you ask the question. Right, you know, in the Gemara, when you learn Gemara, they ask questions all the time, they always have answers. They never ask the questions that don't have answers. They, they got, like, knocked out. So, so how come... Lava Nisrucha, how the Paka, the Pasha Binim, that's Ve'el HaMishpatim, what you have to, you know, Pascha, you Pascha in Shailas, Be'nodam L'chavero. How come? That comes right after the Pasha of Mizbeach, right? At the end of the Pasha of Yisrael, we learn that you have to build a Mizbeach, and the Mizbeach has to be made out of certain kinds of rocks and certain kinds of things, right? That's, that's the Pasha, that's the Pasha of Mizbeach. So you have another limut that the Sanhedrin, which is the highest court, is Eitzalam Israel. But it's not just that. What's the Sanhedrin? What? Oh, it's not Moshe Rabbeinu. It's after Moshe Rabbeinu. It's like, and it's true that there was Sanhedrin with Eldad uh, uh, Medad, and, and, and there was a 70 group council. But what does Sanhedrin mean? It means that after Moshe Rabbeinu, there can be a highest authority that tells you what, it, what, it, what comes from Sinai. That's, that's the whole idea. I mean, the whole idea of the Jewish people, the whole idea that the Torah works, is that we know. It, it's not like there's an internal, like a little discussion about whether you can, <laughs> whether you can take the ladle out of the cholent on Shabbos. Or, you know, it's not like that. It's not like that. We say, what does the Torah want us to do? Does the Torah want us to put the ladle back? Or the Torah not want us to take the ladle back? Is the ladle a chlirishog or is it a chlirishani, right? This is all like discussions that you could have about a ladle. So, what's the answer? What's the answer to the question? The answer to the question is that the Torah says whatever it says. That's the answer to the question. So, the Sanhedrin were the ones who did not adjudicate minor matters, but they adjudicated major matters of law, like the Zokin Mamre. It doesn't, it doesn't mean we have to go into it right now, but the Sanhedrin were the inheritors of Moshe Rabbeinu. The inheritors were, were, so that the parish of Mishpotim comes right after the parish of Mishbeach in order to teach us, in order to teach us that, that, uh, uh, that the Torah that the Torah can be renewed, and uh, maybe renewed is a bad word for some people, but, you know, renewed means it really goes on. It goes on, and there's an answer to the question in every, in every generation. Otherwise, the whole thing would come to an end. That's, that's what Yitro, I mean, I'm telling you things that, because we didn't have a, a Pasha Shield last week, right? So I'm still stuck a little bit in Lessie's Pasha, but you know that the Pasha of Matan Torah is called Yitro. You know that? <laughs> yeah, it's called Yitro. What do you think? Yitro is a big hero or a small hero? And what's Yitro? I mean, how come he got that covered? That when we say we're going to learn Asaras and Dibras, we say Yitro. Why do they say Gravenberg? Why do they say Yitro? But he taught Torah to somebody. What, what, what's the greater, what's the greater leg in height that is Yitro? Okay, he was Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law, but 
I, I'm not sure that he became his father-in-law because he sat in Kolo his whole life or he was a great Rosh Yeshiva. I mean, that's not why he became his father-in-law. He became father like de facto. I mean, he had to marry somebody. So there she was, you know. So, <laughs> so what the intro? So you say, you say, you know how parishes get named. Parashas get named by the first important word in the Pasuk. So it says, by Yishma Yitro. So we call it Yitro. Yeah, but the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch could have written the Torah, I was it saying in the Pasha, by Shema Yitro, Chotein Moshe. Right? That's what, those are the first four words in the first Pasha. So if the Torah had just changed around the order of the, the words a little bit, and said, by Yishma, that's not good, you're not going to call it Pasha, by Yishma, right? Chotein Moshe Yitro. You would have said that, they'd say, Chotein, that's also not what you call a Pasha father-in-law. I mean, that's not the... So they would have called the Pasha Moshe. If Moshe had been the most important, it would be very simple. And what the Yisrael, what the, and you know that Yisrael eventually leaves. Right, Yisrael leaves, he goes away, Moshe Rebbe begs him to stay, and he says, nah, this is not for me. All these Chumras, Galat Kosher, Chol of Yisrael, he says, this is not for me. Yisrael left. He left the whole, uh, he saw what would happen. You know, his children go to yeshiva, his grandchildren go to yeshiva, and they would bother him all the time. He said, this way, I'm a, I'm a king in my country, I'll go back to my country. So, so what did Yitro do? What's Yitro's great schut? Yitro said to Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, if you sit and judge the people all day, you're going to get worn out, and you're going to get tired, and maybe your judgment will be impaired. Why don't you get a few assistants? Right now, anybody who works in a, even in a small company knows that this is not a stroke of genius. I mean, it's what anybody would say. I mean, if you're working, if you're working by yourself and you have a lot of clientele, so you get another person to assist you on the side. Like, what was the, what was the issue? Since Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Yitro, listen, Yitro, I want the people to get the best possible answer. And they want to get the best possible answer. And the best possible answer comes from, comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. There's nobody else to give, to give as good an answer. Who could give as good an answer? So I can't have an assistant. And Yitro said, listen, Navotibo. He didn't mean you, Moshe Rabbeinu, are going to get worn out and die. He said this whole enterprise is going to die. Because look, eventually Moshe Rabbeinu will die. And if the people don't think that anybody can replace Moshe Rabbeinu, so that'll be the end. The death of Moshe Rabbeinu will be the death of the Torah. And so Yitro saved the Torah. I mean, simply put, there was this like disagreement. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, everybody has to know. Everybody has to know the truth, so to speak. You know, it's got to be, you can only get it from this kind of rabbi and not that kind of rabbi. Everybody has to know the ultimate, unique, once-in-a-lifetime kind of truth. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. And Yitro said, no, it won't work. The way it has to be is that the ha- we have to have the capacity to develop faith in the continuing leadership. And the only way to have faith in the continuing leadership is if you, Moshe Rabbeinu, will appoint them to be Dayanim, to be judges, and while you're alive, they will be able to judge the people as well. So the Pasha is called, that's what I always say, the Pasha is called Yitro, because Yitro is the one who saved the Torah. 
Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who gave the Torah, he's the intermediary to receive the Torah, but if not for Yitro, this is the way we have learned these things in the parish, not to be Yitro, they would, the whole business would have come to an end. We wouldn't have been able to maintain. So the parish of modern terror is called, is called the parish of Yitro. So we come back to that idea again. Come back to that idea. Again, you see that idea again here in the Rashi, that the Mizbeach is connected to, the Mizbeach, the end of the parish of Yitro, is connected to Dinim. Connected to the to the laws in Elah Mishpatim, and it teaches you that not only is the Torah Misinai the Torah that you heard, not only is the Torah Misinai the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu taught you that he heard in the Old Moed, uh, but it also includes whatever the Sanhedrin whatever the Sanhedrin indicate, right? Whatever the Sanhedrin teaches, all of that is called all of that is called Torah Torah Misinai. So according to Rashi. Ve'ela Mishpatim teaches us this great truth. Ve'ela means moreover. Not only what we have learned, but even more than that. The even more than that is the Torah that B'nai Yisrael learned after Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai as a preparation for receiving the Torah. Right? You know, you, in order to receive the Torah, you have to accept the Torah. And therefore, at the end of the parasha Mishpatim, we are told that B'nai Yisrael said, Naseh Nishma. Right, remember? Naseh Nishma. What they say Naseh Nishma to? To this idea. Naseh means, we'll do what you have taught us. We'll do what we know. What does Nishma mean? Even what you haven't taught us yet. We understand. What do we understand? That the Torah is not exactly a box that is closed and contains everything that it has to contain, but it's an ongoing, developing kind of matter. The Torah develops. Develop means that, that this Torah that we didn't know about, or that we didn't uh, discern, or that we didn't feel, right? what, what, however, however it is you want to say it, but that goes until today. Right? It goes until today. That's, that's what Torah is. Torah is something that, that is able to... Um, to investigate or to deal with new kinds of problems and to come up with solutions. So we see that Matan Torah, Matan Torah has two aspects to it. And that HaKadosh Baruch had to teach us, here's Torah, here it is. But HaKadosh Baruch had to teach us also that there's more Torah. There's more than you learn. There's more than you've received. And in fact, you all should remember that B'nai Yisrael received the Torah, received the Torah, we call the Torah, Chamisha Chum Torah, during the 38 years that they drayed around in the, in the desert. During those 38 years, Moshe Rabbeinu taught them, Moshe Rabbeinu taught them the Torah. Means that before the end of the 38 years in the desert, right, the end of the 40 years since Yitzhak Mitzrayim, there was no complete Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down the Torah. This is the Machlokas, the Machlokas of the Gevarim Gittin about whether Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah as he taught it. Like he, he had a, uh, he had the cloth. He had this, uh, what do you call cloth? Sheepskin, hide skin. What is it called? A parchment. A parchment. But parchment made out of animal skin. Not made out of papyrus. Right, so the, it was a machlogus in the Gemara in Gittin about whether Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah as he taught it during 38 years. So he had these pieces of parchment 
and at the end of 38 years he sold them together and he had a Torah, or that Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Torah for 38 years and wrote it down at the end. And so the, like, or the writing and the sewing and the completing of the Torah was all done at the end when the Torah had been taught completely. This is more or less the position of the Gemara, but everybody agrees Everybody agrees that the Torah was taught during those 38 years, right? And that there's no machlokas. That B'nai Yisrael didn't know the entire Torah, what we call the Torah, until Moshe Rabbeinu had taught it to them. And Moshe Rabbeinu taught it to them during those years in the, in the, in the desert. So, we understand that there's Mata and Torah in one number one, there's Mata and Torah in number two, right? That's in terms of that the material in the Torah, then there's also the Eilah HaMishpatim, which means that the Torah is not exhausted. We don't know all of the Torah yet. There's more Torah, there's more Torah to be, uh, to be learned. Okay. Let's look at the Ramban. Vayom Hashem Moshe Alei Remember this Pasuk, Berak of Dalet Pasuk, you bet, is a pasuk at the end of the parasha Mishpatim, right, which continues the Matan Torah of Yitro. And in between you have the Elah Mishpatim, many psukim, which Rashi called Dinim, right, the laws, the laws that took place in, in that time. This is the continuation of the pasuk, uh, several psukim ago, um, where Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Alei Hashem. Vinigash Moshe Levado El Hashem, right? That's the first psukim in the parrot. Vatav Yom Hashvi'i Osif Lo Lemor VeYesham. Vetnalecha Ki Etakev Beka Ba'ha Adi Tere Lav Luchot Ha'Ev Matarav Mitzvah. V'Asher Katavti Yachzor El Luchot. I mean, he has this problem with the with the pasuk, and he says Al Atar You see the fourth line. We don't have time to go through it word for word, but Fourth line, the Ramban says, "Shiu hakatuf vetnalecha et luchot ha'evad asher katavti." He's quoting the pasuk, right? Pasuk Yudbet vetnalecha et luchot ha'evad asher katavti vehatorah vehamitzvah lehorotam vehatorah vehamitzvah. So he says, he reads. The, he, he had to mix the words around a little bit. Vetnalecha et luchot ha'evad asher katavti. This is similar to another pasuk. Right, and this, uh, this is in line, in other words, even though the Ramban doesn't usually do this, in this pasuk he says that the word order is, uh, has to be rearranged. We have to change the word order. And that's similar to another pasuk in the beginning of Dvarim. Rashi katav shekatavti betoch luchot avanim lehorotam. Rashi understands this. I hakadosh baruch hu kaviyocho wrote it in the luchot in the stones in order to teach them. Shekol sheish beot deshloshin shei mitzvot betoch aseret adibrotei. That's what it means according to Rashi. In other words, the Rahman is pointing out that it's a little difficult to understand what this Pasuk is talking about. Because God says to Moshe, one Luchota Evan, two Torah, three Mitzvah, Asher Katafti Lahotama. What's the difference between Torah, 
and mitzvah and luchot ha'evet. So Rashi takes it kind of the easy way out. And Rashi says, luchota ha'evet, luchot ha'evet, that contain the Torah and the mitzvah. How could, how does that work out? So it's just all the Tayyag mitzvah, they're all contained within the Aseret, within the Aseret that they brought. Then he calls Rabbi Avraba Ma'atorah, Hadibur HaRishon Vasheni, that they already heard in Matan Torah number one. Va'amitzvah, Hashmona HaNizkarim, right, the other, uh, other Ten Commandments. Ve'enu Klum, he says, this is ridiculous. Ki achatu b'mishne Torah v'adabrai lecha. Ya'id ki al-kola mitzvot according to, according to the Ibn Ezra, we're only talking about the Ten Commandments. And he says, that's ridiculous. We're talking about the entire, the entire Torah. About that Rabbeinu, yitachem ki yeremesh ha'ita kola Torah ketubra, lefanav kodem shenivra ha'olah. But the Ramban says, the Ramban says, well, he says, he says, you have to remember, you have to remember she. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you see the next to the last line. Yitachen ki yeremes shaita kol atarak tuval efanav kodem shivra haolam shenivra haolam kasher hiskarti betchilat sefer breshit. In in other words, the Ramban is the Ramban says so the Ramban says atarava mitzvot asher katavti. I mean, of course, this is the What's Asher Katafti? What is Asher Katafti? So, what Torah mitzvot Asher The only thing that's Katafti are Luchot Ha'evet. So Rashi has this, he drains out of this question by saying that uh, the Luchot Ha'evet have the Torah and the mitzvot in them somehow. And even though Asher Katafti refers only to the Ten Commandments, but somehow the implication is that they are all there. The Ramban, the Ramban doesn't like that. It's like the Ibn Ezra's uh, attempt to divide up the Aserat that they brought into two for the first two and the other eight. But the Ramban makes a suggestion. Uh, according to Chachomim, according to the Chachomim, he makes this suggestion. And the suggestion is, Yitachen ki remes shahita kolatarak tuvalifanav kodem shinivra he says, we all know, I mean, the Rabban believes in this 100%. I mean, he says in introduction that the Torah existed before the creation of the world. He sees this as being a primary idea. But here, he's talking to the people who only want to learn pshat, you know, simple pshat. So he says to them in a kind of nice way, he says, well, maybe this is what Chazal meant when they said that the whole Torah was written before the creation of the world. And so that the Pasuk says, Tarava Mitzvah Katafti, doesn't mean HaKadosh Bochum wrote the Torah now for this particular occasion, but it means that I'm going to give you the Torah that I wrote before the creation of the world, or that was written before the creation of the world. That's the position, that's the position of the Rambach. Let's look at the, uh, let's look at the second page. We'll learn a little of this Vasemes. You see the you see the Shmuel seven the I mean in the Shmuel's Rabbah the Medrash you'll have to look at it you have to look at it to see uh, the Medrash quotes all of the possibilities of the Eilu Mishpatim so the Shmuel says this 
The Medrash of Eilah, Mosif Alarishonim. This is, you know, the Medrash quotes, Medrash is the source for Rashi. The Eilah, Mosif Alarishonim. Mashal and Matrona, Matrona is a fancy lady. In the Medrash, very often they had this notion of uh, a queen's, you know, like, like Shlomtira Malka. Was held in very high regard, even more than than kings. Hazayan mikan umikan. Zayan is uh, is uh, uh, like the guys from the Shabak who protect the Rosh Memshalah. the ones who are armed. So they're armed on one side, and on the other side, I insha. Over Rashi, Ma'arishonim he says, just like the Rishonim on the Sinai, that means that Sarah that they wrote, that everything comes from the Torah. The he no tenet brachas and other swat that wants to ch- So, in, in other words, the Medrash says, the Medrash says that there's Torah before and Torah after. A Torah before and Torah after. The Torah before is Eilah Mishpatim. That's the Torah after. The Eilah Mishpatim, and then there's the Torah before, the Torah of Tarshav Yisra. And this gives bracha before and after that that's what Rashi says that the whole the whole bria all the creation is for the Torah uh, for the Torah means that there was a Torah right that's what that's what the, the Ramban said there was a Torah in the world so the Torah has mitzvahs in it in order for those mitzvahs to have any meaning there has to be creation. So the creation was the creation for the Torah to make the Torah a viable thing. Uh, this is this is uh, the Swat that Matt talking. He said he said like there was something something in the world that was not correct. There was something that was shaky or or impossible to understand. This Torah, but there's no one to keep the Torah. So then there was creation, but creation proved to be, I, I say it in, um, in uh, whatever, creation proved to be mistaken or, or ineffective because what did creation produce? It produced Adam and Chava and, and, uh, and all the people, and Dora Flogger and Migdal Bovel and Noah, right? It, it didn't work until now. It says, from the potential to actual the Torah. They did mitzvahs. That's what that's what happened. In other words, the says that the previous generation somehow were a preparation for accepting the Torah. So there had to be Torah that came before Torah in order for people to be able to absorb the Torah. This is what Maharal says. The Maharal says, you know why it's called Matan Torah? Matan Torah? Because there has to be someone who can accept the Torah. Right? You have to be able to accept the Torah. So like if somebody would give you a book in mathematics, you don't understand it, you can't take it. Somebody would give you a book in, uh, written in Chinese, if you don't happen to know Chinese, they didn't give you anything. It's not a present. Somebody would give you a bar mitzvah present, 
uh, a Chinese Bible. So did he give you something or didn't he give you something? So you could argue he didn't give you a thing. Because, because you're not a kibu for that particular kind of, of book or information. You didn't get anything. So in order to, to have the Kabbalah HaTarah, this is the idea of the, of the Maral, and the, I think that the Swas is referring to that, that you had to be a mitzvah doer. In order to get a mitzvah, you had to be a mitzvah doer. So maybe that's why this Kiddush HaKodesh and, and, and Shabbos that comes even before, even before Matur, you know, that, that Chazal also thought that the Pesach Shom Som Lo, Chok Mishpat V'Shom Niso, is about mitzvahs. That B'nai Yisrael received certain mitzvahs before the Torah. So that in order to receive the Torah, which is about mitzvahs, you have to be a mitzvah doer. You can't be an idolater. You can't not have faith and accept the Torah. You can't not be willing to reshape your life and accept the Torah. That's all, all of that is, all of that is, is, is not possible. And so, the, uh, that's what, that's what uh, Swas MS says, They were not, they belong to Moshe Rabbeinu. And these are the mishpatim that have to be kept by the people who keep the Torah. These different levels exist for every servant of God. And, and in accordance, in as much as he is willing to be accepting of the Torah. So you have this kind of, uh, of interplay between I reach to the Torah to tell me what to do, and once the Torah tells me what to do, then I can fix myself even more. I can go even beyond. That's called Musa, right? That's what the Messiah Yashorim says. But if you look carefully at what the Torah wants, you'll do it better. It's not like a perfunctory thing, but it's like always, it's always better in anything that you do. Now, um, so he understands Nasevanishma means, again, we will do the right thing in order that we should be able to show Meya. It, it, it was in order to hear the directive of heaven, you have to be in heaven. You have to be up there. You can't be down there and say, and say, well, the word heaven tells me something interesting, so then I'll join up. But somehow you have to be in heaven already. So you need the mitzvahs of, of the Saras Adibros, you need Shabbos, you need Kiddush HaKodesh, in order to get you, in order to get you to heaven. And then you become a hearer. She says that the Torah is a quality. It's not just a book of instructions. It's but when you get this is this is how he felt. He said the more you are a mitzvah doer, the more you understand what the mitzvah is and what doing the mitzvah is. And that's called the Shmoah. So Nasa means, Nasa Vinishma means, Nasa Almenat Shenishma. Right? I do it in order to, to hear it. Okay, now, Ikaru, Shetzerich Liyotam Mechuvan L'Shem Shemayim. 
the issue is that you have to your heart has to be has to be in heaven which always which means that you could have a question you could have doubt you could have uh, you could have lack of clarity about certain things but you're in heaven and once you're in heaven it's going to work out right uh, okay so he said vachata sochim so it seems like a little like inconceivable. How could you ever know what God wants you to do even about those things that God didn't tell you? God hasn't told you what to do. I mean, how could you know what it is you're supposed to do? So the answer is that there's a siyua. God helps you from heaven to help you. Once you are clear that your desire is to do what the Torah wants you to do, then you're able to do it. So we see that, that the discussion, the discussion, if you look at this Svatamet uh, a little bit more, you'll see the discussion revolves, as we said today, the discussion revolves around two questions. One is that the, the hard drive of the Torah. Like, where, where did it come from? So we know there's Matan Torah number one, and we know there's Matan Torah number two. Matan Torah number one is in the parish of Yitro. And Matan Torah number two is in the parish of, um, of Mishpatim. Matan Torah number one took a, a brief amount of time. Matan Torah number two took 40 days and 40 nights, at the end of which, it wasn't 40 days, but it was 80 days and 120 days, B'nai Yisrael had the hard drive, there was somebody, Moshe Rabbeinu had the hard drive of the Torah, which was then taught to B'nai Yisrael in pieces over the 38, over the 38 years. But, there's a further limut in this distinction between what was taught in the parish of Yitro, and what is taught in the parasha of Mishpatim, the Eilim Mishpatim. And that distinction is, that distinction is that it's not only, it's not only possible uh, uh, to, it's not not only possible to accept the Torah at the moment that the Torah is accepted, but it's possible to accept the ongoing interpretation of the Torah, and that's the Dinim. That's the dinim that come down from the Sanhedrin. The Svat Emet said, it's not only when there is a Sanhedrin. It's not only directives that we are talking about. But there is a notion of closeness to heaven through the Torah. The Torah is a door that opens up to a certain kind of closeness. And that closeness, that closeness is reflected in, the, in what B'nai Yisrael said in the desert, the Moshe Rabbeinu said to them, you want the Torah? They said, Naseh Nishma. Naseh means, we're going to do the hard drive. Like, whatever it says, whatever the directions are, we're going to do that. Nishma, Nishma means we know that, there's, that the road has not yet been uh, completed. That the distance from where we are until, you know, heaven, has to also be covered, and that's done 
That's done through Kiyamat Torah. So Matan Torah, even though we celebrate Matan Torah on a specific day of the year, but you know that that's not, that doesn't exist in the Torah, but Matan Torah is celebrated on, on the day that we call Shavuot, which is seven weeks after the second day of, of Pesach, right? But that day of Matan Torah celebrates the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave something to all of B'nai Yisrael. And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to B'nai Yisrael were the Luchos, were, were the Aseris Adibros, and those Aseris Adibros reflected the notion of a Yaminu Bashem of Moshe Abdo, as we have, as we have uh, explained. But the idea, and it's interesting, what do you do, what do, you do at Matan Torah, on the day of Matan Torah, and what's the Minhag? At least amongst Ashkenazim, maybe not amongst Eidot and Mizrach, but amongst Ashkenazim, the minig is to learn Torah Shabal Peh. Interesting. I mean, you would think that there's a Tikkun. There's a Tikkun Lel Shavuot. I don't know if you have a sort of Tikkun Lel Shavuot. It's based on the principle that you learn a little bit of Torah from everything, from every book of the Chumash and the Tanakh and the Mishnah and the Gemara, but, but in Yeshivot, they don't do that. In Yeshivot, they only learn... They only learn Torah Shabbat. They learn Gemara. So why? Okay, you could say they learn Gemara because that's what they do. I mean, what expect them to learn Tanakh? They can't learn Tanakh. So you can have that like, almost cynical uh, position, which is usually a position I like to adopt. But in this case, in this case, I would say I would say this. Look, why are they learning Torah Shabbat? Because the main the main uh, uh, truth in modern Torah. The what enabled people to accept the Torah was the fact that they understood that there would be a Torah Shemal Peh. Because without a Torah Shemal Peh, without what we call Torah Shemal Peh, there would be no continuity. Right? Remember Yitro and the parasha of Yitro. And you needed, you needed this Torah Shemal Peh. So that, uh, so that on Shavuos, Shavuos is very, it's customary amongst Ashkenazim at least, or, or people in Yeshivot, that you learn the Gemara that you're learning. And you don't learn the Torah Shebechtaf of the Gemara that you're learning. So that these parashiyot, these parashiyot, uh, you know, uh, again, there are these two ideas. One is that, that the, the Torah is ultimately going to be taught by Moshe Rabbeinu to B'nai Yisrael, and we have a mechanism that enables us to believe that Moshe Rabbeinu is absolutely accurate and correct in his, in his views. And secondly, the idea of Nasser and Nishma, that that involvement with the Torah right, is, is of, of tremendous significance. It changes who you are. It's not just, you know, I always said, with a, it's not just a Boy Scout, the Boy Scout manual. Like where I remember when I was a kid, I was a Cub Scout. I never made it to be a Boy Scout for some reason. I mean, not that I'm not happy with the effort, but I don't know why my career ended with Cub Scoutery. So they had this book, you got a book, and it told you what you're supposed to do. And if you did 400 things, and you got a little badge, and you got bought another boy, you got more badges, and then eventually if you went on to the Boy Scouts, you could have an Eagle Scout. But like all these badges, like let's say tied knots, they were underlating to it, and nobody thought that when you became an adult and, and worked on a computer, you'd spend half your time tying these crazy knots, you know. like It was sort of like... Um, it was sort of uh, pointless, like the whole thing, you couldn't integrate it anyway, it didn't mean anything, it just, you got a prize at the end, but it, the, the event itself 
it was of no meaning until if you lost, you were, you were, what? Well, everything is in Brooklyn. I mean, there was in those days. There was only Brooklyn. There wasn't anything else. Uh, so, so, uh, but the, the, but the Torah. You can't allow the Torah to be that. You can't allow the Torah to be. This was what's ever said to be a series of things that you do, even if you do them very carefully and very uh, uh, devotedly. Uh, that that's not what the Torah is. But the Torah is an opportunity. There is an opportunity to kind of change your state. Like you're in a certain, you're, you're the way you are. I mean, it's not a bad, not so terrible, but it's it's kind of prosaic. It's like not so interesting either. The Torah gives you a chance to change yourself and to think about things that are not conventional in the world. I do, I use the word kedusha. Kedusha is not a conventional thing, but the Torah says, oh, here's kedusha. It's not kedusha. You say, gee, you know, like that's something worth worth considering. So when I consider it, I change, I, I actually change who I am a little bit because people don't think about those things, think about other things, you know, and we think about, about these things which are very good, which is not to say that there's no one else in the world who's thinking about interesting things, I don't mean that at all, but, you know, everybody, everybody is kind of limited to his own uh, group, you know, it's hard for me to always compare myself to other people I don't know about. It's easier for me to compare myself with people I do know about. So I say that, that, that the Torah makes tremendous demands on people. Makes tremendous as we all know. But you can get used to anything. Certainly get used to the Torah. I mean, you can have the petty people who they, they, they do it, but it's not so interesting. You know, they, they go through the motions. They don't mind. They don't even mind. They just do it. And, and there are other people who are like searching. Like searching, you know, so you don't have to be a true with the search. You could be like regular and search, and they are uh, and they're searching. They want to know what does it mean? Does it mean anything? So that's good. That's nasev nishma, according to the svasemis. We'll do the mitzvahs. We'll do what we're supposed to do. We'll be makpid as as we are supposed to be makpid. But we're also going to be listening to hear things that are extraordinary, out of the ordinary, not uh, not regular. Okay. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you. One second, stop.